Good mor good morning, Barstool. How are we doing? Rocking and rolling. Glad to hear. Glad to hear. Man, it's been quite the break, obviously, not only with the podcast, uh, but with uh Formula One. <laughs> we had our first real race uh last week. And to keep the ball rolling, Max Verstappen Verstappen's domination has truly never ended. No nope. tie with Vettel now for nine race wins in a row. I'm going to have to imagine in a lot of newer fans' eyes, maybe even older fans' eyes, he's slowly cementing himself as potentially in that conversation of, you know, one of the greater drivers we've uh, seen in a in a while. Obviously, for different reasons. Uh, what were your thoughts just initially on the race last week? Was this the best race of the of the season? You thought? Hmm. Best race of the season, that's a tricky one. It was definitely an entertaining race. Um, you know, the weather played a huge role in that. You know, it was basically a dry, wet, dry, wet race. Um, through the strategies for Alou, you know, we saw the famous Ferrari strategy come to the pit stop with no tires. Um, one big note that I've been focusing on is Liam Lawson. Mm-hmm. I was very impressed with Liam Lawson. Um, I think I was, I was texting back and, or tweeting back and forth with someone. And I, I think I, I made this up, but I was like, I think about 50% of guys, if they use that as their first race ever, they would not have made it halfway through. Yeah, that's a great point. And, And to both of those, I will say I've never seen a race in my short career of watching Formula One where it's just gone from relatively dry to absolutely downpouring within a race or two and here i am going you know briefly after you know about to go to the bathroom race starts chaos ensues give it a few laps pause come back chaos ensues again i'm just like oh my gosh and it, Dude, it was absolutely nuts i did my typical thing since i'm a charles fan charles dnf and i basically said f this and played a game of FIFA, and then I was like, okay, I'll go back to the race now. And when I went back, it was uh, when it was red flagged with, like, what was it, seven, ten laps to go. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll watch the rest. Because <laughs> it was pretty Yeah, crazy. why not? And the, the crazier part, too, of the whole Liam Lawson deal, uh, what blows my mind, Alpha Tauri has four drivers that have performed this season. They technically can't have any more, which I didn't know that's actually a rule. And they have zero points. It's wild. Yeah. I didn't I I forgot about the championship standings. I don't really think about Alpha Tower much when they get the championship yeah, standings. Yeah, unfortunately they're not a they're not a top dog. The Red Bull B team is uh nowhere near uh their A team obviously as well. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, I, I would put it up there though, I will say that was a great a great race coming back, to be honest with you. I, I think Verstappen were so used to his domination in a lot of ways, and even though he did dominate the, the crazier part, Red Bull, you know, intentionally undercuts themselves to give Verstappen back to Lee, which I didn't think personally. That kind of that kind of rubbed me the wrong way with Checo. I still think you're a team, and, and even if you're better drivers there, you know, keep them out in first. If, if Mercedes would have pulled that same deal, I think people would have been absolutely furious. But obviously, when you've you've won eight in a row, two time, you know, parentheses uh, world champion, and you're racing at your home race, I, I'm sure obviously there's exceptions to the rule. Yeah, and I mean the 
couple more things on my end. One, I don't really think that was Red Bull that undercut Checo. I think that was, and I'm not talking crap about Max Verstappen. I think he's a genius and he made that call. Mm, I think, I don't think Red Bull undercut Checo. I think Max undercut Checo. And, uh, I think it was frustrating starting the race and then Checo pulling out in a big lead and Max Verstappen was like, forget this, I'm getting the lead back, we're going to undercut, and made the call himself. Okay. And uh, the only thing that I don't like about Zanvoort, and you might not relate to this as much since you're a little bit of a newer fan, but I am just so used to summer break, spa, Monza. You know, I'm, that's how I'm used to it. I'm not used to this whole spa right before summer break and then three weeks off before Zanvoort. It just get, throws me off a little bit, but I'm a huge fan of the Italian Grand Prix because I'm, you know, Italian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, it is uh, it is exciting. At least they made it a back-to-back thing where it's Zan, you know, we come back from this long break, two races in a row, Zanvoort, Monza. So. Yeah, there is that uh, sustainability factor, too, where they're actually traveling to countries near each other, as opposed to halfway across the world and this whole, you know. <laughs> yeah, and then back again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nuts. Uh, but but moving on, if that's okay. So you, we talked, obviously, you know, there's a difference now. We're no longer at Spa. We got Monza coming up, and I got to imagine for uh, some of some Italian heritage, this is a great race, very historic. Uh, I got to go through just some brief history, you know, the past three winners, Charles Leclerc, Pierre Gasly, Danny Rick, all DNF'd the previous season before winning the race the next season. And I would say, obviously, Gasly and Daniel Ricciardo's wins were a little bit more surprising than countryman uh, Charles Leclerc. Now, Max Verstappen won this race the past year in 2022. My question to you is it, I mean, do we think somehow he DNFs this week? And is somehow Monza cursed for drivers? So, yeah, I mean, the Monza curse, there's data to back it up, at least over the past three or four years. But, you know, it's basically a superstition. That being said, is Max Verstappen going to DNF? Maybe. Uh, It's always maybe. Um, My opinion is, you know, Max... The only thing that I think could really get Max out, and the reason I'm saying this is because I know we've seen wrecks at Monza, but Monza's a, a classic racetrack with pretty decent-sized runoff zones. You know, so if he if he goes off track, there's a very good likelihood he can get back on track. But one thing we haven't seen from Red Bull all year is, like, real... I, I know we hear Max complain about little bits and bobs feeling off on the radio, but they've not had any reliability issues yet. Mm-hmm. And we're deep into the season. You know, the car's been put through... But a good amount of race, you know, pace and quality trim. Could he get struck out by a reliability issue? I think that's our only real shot at seeing Max Verstappen DNF at Monza. But, you know, if the curse continues, it continues. If it doesn't continue, Max Verstappen's probably going to win the Italian Grand Prix. So, yeah, I, I don't think you're wrong there. Obviously, at F1, there could be a lot of superstition for a lot of a lot of different things. And Verstappen's surprisingly only run won this race a single time. There've been a lot of repeat winners. The last one was Lewis Hamilton back in uh, 2018, following his win in 2017. I obviously have to imagine, uh, you know, Verstappen will be the man to beat this week coming up in Monza. Uh, I have to ask, obviously being, you know, um, an Italian fan or an Italian heritage here, 
a Ferrari fan, you know, we know Red Bull is obviously the top dog. You know, we got some other teams kind of vying for two in the Constructors' Championship, which at this point just obviously seems irrelevant in a lot of ways because uh, Red Bull's pretty much got this thing wrapped up. Uh, is Do you find a lot of pressure on Ferrari in general going into these home races and the Italian media? You know, what what is a realistic outcome for Ferrari? I, I feel like as uh, fans watching the sport, it's just so gut-wrenching. It has to be so gut-wrenching to be a Ferrari fan where it's one week. It's almost just like, what's Ferrari going to mess up this week? You know, and last week it was yeah. the tires. This week, you know, who knows? Maybe uh, someone accidentally forgets their passports and has an issue getting into customs. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, managing expectations is very important to me. But I think, and I, I'm not, you know, everyone's like, oh, Charles, he's Il Predestinato, the predestined one, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to be pulling for either one of those two guys to get on a podium this weekend. <laughs> now, could they win? That's a little bit of a separate conversation. Um, you kind of have to look at the F1 season. Max Verstappen and Checo basically won every single race. Okay. Um, but there have been surprises like, uh, for example, and I'm not talking about just races like Logan Sargent getting into Q3 last weekend, like Pierre Gasly getting on the podium. So anything's possible. If you had told me that Alpine could have gotten on the podium at the beginning of the season, I would have told you it wouldn't get, wasn't going to happen. If you tell me right now Ferrari's going to win at Monza, I'm going to tell you it's not going to happen, but I've been wrong. Yeah, yeah. Not wrong with any And Alex Albon, I will say there has been that, well, his performance, let's be real, has been unreal considering what he's been able to do in the Williams. And you consider the, the short stint he, that he's been there, you know, having George Russell cajole Team Williams to have him sign him. They sign him takes him one season to get his points, takes George Russell a, a few and a huge rain delay at Spa, uh, if we can recall that, the shortest race in F1 history. Mm-hmm. Do you buy any of this uh, silly season rumor mill with the possibility that uh, Alex Albon could go to Ferrari? They call it silly season for a reason. It absolutely could happen. Um, he's definitely proven himself. I think drawing comparisons between him and George is... You know, you have to, tre- I mean, it's a good comparison because it's the same team, but you have to tread a little bit lightly because that car has been vastly improved from when George was racing in it. Um, the management has changed. The team leadership has changed. You know, um, you know, I, I very well could see him making a step up. And there's been a lot of team principals that have come out and said, you know, Alex Albon very well, it, it seems to be ready for a step up to a, a you know, top team. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's absolutely possible whether or not it's Ferrari. You know, I don't know. He's been linked to the Red Bull camp, but I don't think he's, I personally, you know, no matter how much Red Bull wants, I don't think he would put himself back in that situation. And back in last time. Yeah, I feel I like been, going going through yesterday on, on Twitter, which I've been very uh, idle from for a while here, it's uh, one of the things was saying, one of the tweets was saying that Helmut Marco, you know, would not, would essentially not welcome Albon and that he potentially had his chance and that was kind of it. And I, I agree. I think it'd be a career death sentence in a way or death sentence to go back to a team that, you know, the pressure's on so quick, you make a few mistakes, you're kind of back and gone. Happened to Gasly. Uh, you know, he was thankfully able to, to come back. You know, I think it'd be crazy, you know, call me crazy right now. Red Bull somehow sacks Checo. He ends up on another team, let's say miraculously. I'm going to throw, I'm going to 
speak it into existence. He somehow gets a different race win somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, he, I can see it. Checo's a good racer. He's just... A good comparison that I could draw with Max and Checo, and not all the variables line up in this, but um, it, it's kind of a classic Schumacher family example. I'm not talking about Mick. I'm talking about when Michael and Ralph raced together. And I personally think Ralph Schumacher was a pretty decent F1 driver, and he was, you know, podium and win capable, mm -hmm. i.e. Checo. Um, but just like Checo is compared to his teammate Max Verstappen, I think Ralph got compared to Michael a lot. And when you compare someone that may have won a race or two and gotten a few podiums to a guy who's won, you know, seven world titles... The, the comparison, it's just like, no matter how good he was, he put next to his brother, his brother vastly overshadowed him. Mm -hmm. um, and that's exactly what Max is doing to Checo right now. But I, that doesn't mean I don't think Checo's a good race car driver. He's very talented. He's clearly capable of wins and podiums. Um, mm -hmm. Nothing. I'll make you wrong. <laughs> you know, because, I mean, you just have this dominating force that's just... Uh, insurpassable basically yeah and i think unfortunately in a lot of ways that this this comparison between checo and verstappen just gets uh it's brought about a lot more by the fact that you consider that how dominant verstappen has been and not how dominant how checo has been and i'd have to obviously go through the we'll go through the stats and see but i have to imagine their point spread is probably one of the widest ones in f1 history at this point in the season mm -hmm. just given everything and you know, they developed the car around Verstappen, obviously not Checo, and, and Checo lags for a lot of different reasons for that outside of his own performance. So we'll see where that goes in this weekend. Verstappen, obviously, on the, the brink of history. That's a storyline everyone's going to be following. Uh, could you give me a storyline or two or three or how many you want to throw out there for uh, that you'll be following this weekend and you suggest others possibly follow? Yeah, so um, a few storylines. One, there's obviously going to be a lot of eyes on Ferrari. Um, given the country they're racing in and the heritage, and I hate when Ferrari does this, but they've gone and decided to, you know, do a shout out with their livery and race suits and even the helmets um, to shout out, uh, you know, the Ferrari Le Mans team who won the 24 hour Le Mans. And, um, so now they've set the bar even higher for themselves. So, um, Ferrari podium would be a huge deal for the Italian fans. Um, another storyline, Williams, uh, I know we've already kind of, you know, gone over the whole Alex Albon situation, but that car is fantastic in straight line speed. Mm -hmm. And Monza is called the temple of speed because it's basically, if you look at Monza, it's a super low downforce track. It's essentially a bunch of straightaways that are all connected with chicanes or right hand, or, you know, basically right hand 90 degree turns. Um, I think Williams could do really well. And I think, honestly, if Williams are going to score a podium this somehow, I'm not saying, I don't even know if it's possible for that car to do it. They're obviously good in quality trim, but. Mm -hmm. um this might be the place for them to to achieve that um storylines weather um there's already <laughs> i don't even want to talk about this there's already reports of rain 
um, you know, that's, that could have a huge effect on, you know, how people set their cars up, especially, you know, you get rain at a track that's built around straight line speed, you know, with rain, you usually have to, you know, I, I'm not an engineer. I don't know if they really do this or not, but in theory, you know, you would increase your downforce to give the car a little bit more traction in the wet, you know, so they're going to have to run higher downforce on a track that to be really fast, that requires very low downforce. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the weather could very well play a role. Um, other storylines, I mean, it's basically going to be all eyes on Red Bull. You know, can can Max do this? Can he break another record? Can he cement himself as one of the one of the you know better F1 drivers of all time? Um, goat conversation. I kind of am still a bit mute on with Max Verstappen, and that's you know due to. You know, he does have two titles, and he's on the verge of winning a third, but, you know, there's drivers that have won, you know, more than that. But he yeah, is th- he is writing history right now, is I think how the, I'll put it. That's a good point. I think the conversation right now, if anything, with with GOAT in there, and I, it's hard to compare, obviously, F1 to a lot of other sports, but I find myself doing that a lot. I would say he's, he's obviously in the contention as having literally one of the GOAT seasons um, of all time, with, with exception to beat... Michael Schumacher's I I can't even think of what season maybe you might know better where he literally podiumed every single race. Uh I'd I'd say those are he, he's in contention obviously for one of the better seasons of uh if not the best potentially all time and I I'm really curious too obviously with the weather is a huge factor. You threw out of a Ferrari podium. I wouldn't be surprised potentially if it happens if they're going to have luck somewhere this season to get people's uh heart racing back and some faith. This could obviously be the track. Fans are great there. I would love to see an Alex Albon podium out of nowhere. I think I think we're due for that with his his performance. And I'm really curious too to see how uh, you, you you did a great point of mentioning it too. Liam Lawson, talk about a way to earn your stripes in your first race in Formula One. You know, a lot of easily a lot of rookie drivers I could have seen DNFing. He didn't stuck it together. Finally, at a race, hopefully where the weather's not nearly as bad, raining sideways. Um, I, I'd love to see how he can do, and it'd be nuts to see if he he does throw a point up there. You know, that's probably got to be their paint, man. their Alpha best Tauri. best bet. Alpha Tauri, and you can even reel it back to their the Toro Rosso years. You know, they have a, a track record of pulling off crazy crap at Monza. Um, <laughs> three examples. Um, last year, Nick DeVries having to make a debut at Monza and scoring points on his debut. Pierre Gasly winning, and then reel it back to Toro Rosso and Sebastian Vettel winning in the Toro Rosso. They have a track record of doing the unimaginable at this track. Um, So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think uh, Liam Lawson prediction, you know, our new rookie, you know, fresh face on the grid prediction. Um, I'd like to see him score, you know, a decent chunk of points. I'm not talking about P9, P10, but, you know, maybe like a P6 or P7 be pretty freaking awesome for him to get a little haul of points um yeah chaos alpha Tauri needs it right now because like you were saying earlier they have zero <laughs> zero points and uh yeah it'd be cool to see um because you got to think yeah ferrari's the the italian team that everyone thinks about but alpha Tauri's based in faenza their home race is technically imola but they are an italian you know f1 team yeah, yeah, it's a lot of heritage there, and uh, to to obviously get a, a 
home race win would be something else. I'm, I'm gonna, uh, I don't know what the Vegas odds are right now, but speaking of home race win, I, I would love to know what the odds of a uh, Danny Rick or Logan Sargent uh, podium or win would be in Vegas. Uh, call me crazy, but I might throw some money on that. <laughs> yeah, uh, it yeah. Time, time will tell on those ones. So you know, Monza as well. I got to ask. Uh, historic racetrack. You know, we got obviously all the fans. You know, we got team Team Ferrari. Obviously, huge heritage there as well. Uh, give me just your prediction here: pole position, podium, fastest lap. Pole position, Charles Leclerc. Podium, P1 Max Verstappen, P2 Charles Leclerc, P3 Fernando Alonso. I know I said I wanted Albon on the podium. I'm trying to, you know, manage expectations on this. Yeah. So Verstappen, Leclerc, Alonso, podium. Fastest lap, Max Verstappen. Okay. Okay. So Max Verstappen potentially cements himself in history this weekend. Obviously a great reason to, uh, to to watch in a lot of ways. I'm hoping at the end of the day, if he does end up with that win, it's just not a snooze fest, you know? Yeah, I hope someone at least pushes him. You remember when Charles won in Monza in 2019, uh, you know, amazing scenes, but he was getting pushed by Lewis the whole time and then Valtteri at the end. It'd be, yeah. cool, to see, it'd be cool to see Max Verstappen win uh, in that manner. Instead yeah. of by thirty seconds. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, even the even the previous the the year, I guess after that as well, you had Gasly getting pushed by the McLaren of what was Carlos Sainz at that point. Mm-hmm. Danny Rick, you know, going back to the previous season or the season even after that, uh, Norris was behind him. I guess mm-hmm. was pushing, but they still finished one two, which they haven't done in in obviously hadn't done in years and haven't had a race win since. Uh, so we'll obviously see great reason to watch any uh, final thoughts or anything like that barstool before we wrap up here man i'm just excited for this race i always love this race i love the atmosphere um i've been humming fratelli d'italia in the shower every morning which for those who don't know that's the italian national anthem um i really i would probably cry if i got to hear that anthem twice this weekend you know once at the beginning and once with a with a ferrari win if it happens i will cry is it gonna happen probably not it's f1 the chance is there it always is. If you don't think it is, you're kidding yourself because things happen. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Max could have a reliability issue. Um, Fernando Alonso could commit an act of terrorism going into turn one because you got to remember turn turn one at this track can get dicey. We saw the Hamilton Verstappen collision in 21. Yeah. Um, Halo saved his life, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. And I mean, you got to think, I mean, they're just about the track. That is a really long, really fast straight going into a very tight chicane. And, um, you know, that it's just setting the stage for a little bit of turn one chaos. Um, when you're saying that right now, my head was instantly going to when Vettel, I don't know if he lost it or whatnot, ended up hitting the styrofoam barriers or something like that. Oh, you remember that a few years through. ago? Everyone yeah. usually weaves through him and he yeah. just plowed right through. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> that was pretty funny. That was pretty fun. I got to ask though, really quick too, as well. You went to the Canadian Grand Prix, and mm-hmm. there's a great show on Netflix I watched recently. I was actually thinking of you. Um, it's called Somebody Feeds Phil. He goes around the country. It's the guy who actually came up with the show. Speaking of of Italians here, everybody loves Raymond. Came up with yeah. that show. Uh, he goes to Montreal. 
We have Italy here. You've been to the Canadian Grand Prix. Let's let's avoid America for the time being. Would Monza be the next track you'd want to go to? I think so Monaco's I'm, its own thing. So let's let's just put that aside for a minute. So here's the thing. My dad got me into F1 when I was a newborn baby. That's why I became a Ferrari fan is because I got to see Schumacher um, when I was a kid. And oh I had you know, the little diecast model. You're still listening. Car. Hang on. I think your screen froze there for a second. You said your dad got you into F1? Yeah, back when I was a baby in 1996, mm-hmm. and uh, I immediately became, you know, just attracted to Schumacher in the red car. And um, so, that being said, due to my dad's job, I got to travel a lot, and I've already been to Monza twice. But I was eight years old the first time and 13 years old the second time. Um, would I like to go back? Yes. Um absolutely. Uh I I can't even remember. I was a kid. I can't even remember who won when I went. But um if I could uh you know, dominance changes in F1. Ferrari has periods, Mercedes has had a big period, Red Bulls had their time, even Renault and Williams have had their time, McLaren. Um I think my pull to go back to Monza will be once Ferrari gets back because they will you know Mm -hmm. dominance does not last forever um I think that will be my cue to return to Monza is to go to see a Ferrari win um and if we get to the point where like say three years from now you know Ferrari's kicked it in the high gear they have a very very competitive championship caliber car Charles Leclerc still there Maybe Carlos is still there if this contract extension happens. Um, maybe he has a new teammate, but I'd really like to go and see Ferrari win at Monza, and I probably will not think about returning until Ferrari looks dominant enough to win. Okay. Because that's so I gotta... what I want to see now. <laughs> All right. Hey, that's that's. there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, uh, I, I got to imagine that's, that would not be a – there would not be a better place to probably watch a uh, Ferrari win in there, especially nah. the spectacle after Charles won and back in 2018. That was just absolutely bonkers. I wish I was there. I wish I was there so bad. I was uh, – that was a very emotional day. I actually watched that race with my dad mm-hmm. and uh, man alive. That was that was a moment. I I want to be there live to witness that at some point, and I want to sit in the main grandstand. I want to go onto the track for the podium. I want the whole thing, <laughs> <laughs> the whole shebang. Well, I hope I hope when that day does come, you definitely obviously get spoiled as well. Hopefully, it's uh, sometime sooner or later. I gotta imagine though, with Red Bull's domination, we might be waiting till you know twenty twenty six potentially. But hey. Crazier things have happened in F1. We never know. It's so. okay to wait. It's okay to wait. Uh, mm-hmm. It's one thing that really bothers me about the modern F1 fan is the second that their driver doesn't, you know, win every race, it's just like, oh my God, we suck. It's like, dude, you don't understand how the sport works. There yeah. are regulation changes. There's development. There's changes. In, like, like I was talking about with Williams, you know, there's changes in management and leadership and I mean, really, you know, if you think that Red Bull is going to dominate for like the next 10 years, I think you're you're kidding yourself and it's going to change. And maybe it's not going to be Ferrari. Maybe it's going to be McLaren. Maybe Williams is going to come back. Maybe it's going to be someone else. Maybe Mercedes resurges. I mean, you never know. But, you know, I think my message to all those F1 fans is this will end at some point. (laughs) Just hang in there. Hey, I like that. And I got it. 
my one with that as well. I, cause you know, the great conversation here, I got to ask you've watched formula one for a while and to the lay person who thinks, you know, this is a, a lot more of a, of how good the car is type sport versus the driver. Assuming obviously what you know now, how long we've watched F1, whether it's a McLaren coming in that dominates, let's say the new regulation changes or a Williams or hell an Alpha Tauri for who knows what reason, how much of this sport, and I know it's a hard metric just in your opinion. So this is obviously uh, uh, subjective here. How much of it actually is the car versus the driver that makes a difference? Like if, if you're going back to a win, a driver's win, a driver's season, how much of it is the car actually dominating as opposed to the actual driver dominating? Like in, always, a, in a case of like Verstappen almost. I, I've always cut it to kind of like a 75-25 split, especially okay. in the modern era of F1. It's 75% car. Um, there are guys that prove, like Max Verstappen, that there is a there is definitely part of the mix is the driver. Um, if that wasn't true, Checo would be a lot closer to Max. Simply mm-hmm. put. Um, you know, I think that, um, I think it's, I, I still ride with my 75-25% split, but that being said, every now and then you get one of these generational talents that comes in and kind of, you know, good car good car or bad car, they find ways to succeed. Um, Albon's kind of doing that in Williams right now. Um, mm-hmm. Leclerc's done it a little bit with Ferrari. You know, I, I don't want to shit talk Sebastian Vettel, but, you know, he he absolutely outclassed Vettel when, he, when Leclerc went to Ferrari. And um, I really just think, you know, there there is a lot of guys in F1 that are very talented, and there's a lot of guys in F1 that, you know, pay to be there, and they get good results sometimes. But, you know, generational talents definitely are a thing in this sport. But um, it's just so much rides on the car, man. And, uh, you know, a lot of it comes down to the team developing the car for a certain driver. And, you know... It, it, there's just so many variables in the sport. It's really hard to tell, but if you just dumb it down to car and driver 75, 25 all day. Okay. I'll, I'll take that. I'll let the, I'm going to, uh, for the, for the sanity of, I'm going to run a poll on the DRS zone, obviously, uh, see what the fans think. Please reply to that. Uh, Barstool oh, I has, I, I, I will love it. Barstool is always so great to have you on. Looking forward to chatting again here soon. Uh, sometime after Monza. Yeah, for sure, man. We'll have to get back together and see if any of these predictions we made actually happen. We'll see. Hey, if, uh, you know what, if they do come true, a mix of them, I'm going to imagine it's a Red Bull win with Verstappen, Ferrari podium, and Albon somewhere out of nowhere uh, makes it. But we'll see. I'd love to see that. Me too. It'd be a great way to do it, Especially, especially to see the fact if Helmut Marko's up on the podium with Verstappen for some reason. That's what I want to see. Yeah. See him go over, see with the Elbon, it'd be great. But love having <laughs> you on as always, Barstool. We'll chat again soon, my man. Yeah, for sure, brother. As always, always as always is a pleasure. All right. Good stuff. This motherfucker was being a menace the entire time. That was so funny. In the 